Welcome to Mint, a unique look into how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and let's kick off this episode by giving some love to our three NFT sponsors. They are Coinvise, Poop, and Social Stack. First off, on Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. Next up, we have Poop, or short for Proof of Attendance Protocol, who enables a novel way of creating one's life diary. Leveraging NFT technology, Poop facilitates an easy way to mint non-fungible tokens related to meaningful events. It's frequently used in crypto-native communities, and now it's starting to create NFT collectors in the mainstream too. Collect or launch your own POAP today by visiting poap.xyz. Next up, we have SocialStack, a platform for communities, brands, and creators to build mission-driven social token economies. Offering an easy-to-use, non-custodial wallet with a suite of open-source community engagement tools, SocialStack makes it simple to bring your community into Web3 and be a part of creating an open-source, gratitude-driven future for social tokens. Create a free social token wallet, discover mission-driven social token communities, or apply to launch your own token on SocialStack by visiting socialstack.co today. This episode welcomes the founder of Global Coin Research, Joyce Yang. In this episode, we talk about SaaS models versus tiered token holding, future of token-gated content, the GCR rundown, managing payroll using a token, what will eat Web3, and so much more. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Joyce, welcome to Mint. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah, thank you for being on. Let's get right into it, okay? Uh, give me a brief about yourself, but more specifically, what were you like before crypto? Yeah, this this kind of goes back a little long way for me now. Um, I've been in crypto for quite some time, about four to five years now at this point, building out global coin research and building out communities in crypto in general. And uh, prior to crypto, I, you know, I kind of did the pretty typical track of like, going to college, um, trying to express my parents with a good school. And then after that, um, going to finance, uh, learning kind of some of the rudimentary kind of skill sets that folks, you know, sometimes get from finance, such as working, you know, long hours and not sleeping. And that's kind of turned out to be translatable and helpful in crypto in some way. Um, And yeah, so so you know, I, I I spent some time in finance, spent some time in tech, uh, stumbled my, my way into crypto, and I could have never looked back. So, do you remember the first crypto you bought? I'm pretty sure it was Ethereum. It was. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. I think I I uh, it wasn't the Ethereum token sale, but it was like shortly after when I bought my first Ethereum. Wow! So super early, super early. <laughs> Where, where did so. you study? Yeah, where did you study? Uh, I went to a small school in Boston. What did you study there? Uh, economics. Economics. Yeah. Do you feel like it's super applicable at all to what you're doing right now to an extent? Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely kind of made me think a bit more about tokenomics and you know how it applies to, for example, our tokens now that we have and uh, that's on the market uh, for global coin research. But um, 
but I think what was really eye-opening for me during college was kind of the type of people that were there. You know, uh, our school had a number of you know, international students and a number of um, uh, folks just coming from all over the place. Um, I grew up in New York, really, and it was, you know, similar to you, kind of grew up in L.A. and didn't really know anything else. Yeah. Um, and And I think just that opened up my eyes to the number of kind of uh, the types of people that are out there, the curiosities of these individuals. And that's what I really sought and, and kind of found, I think, in crypto as well. Uh, you really find a lot of young people with so much energy. It feels like college if you really find the right type of people and go to the right type of events. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and we try to foster that actually in many ways through global coin research. Um, probably not through the frat parties, but um, more I was so just through kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's two sides of college. There's yeah. the there's the nerd doing like organizational like uh, clubs on campus, and then there's like the chats, right? That just yeah. do all the frat shit. But yeah, okay, I continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think you know, I think global coin research has um, has some great chats in there, and I'm happy with that. And and but you got to have a good combination of both, right? And we try to orient ourselves towards research and kind of be more uh, rigorous about our uh, kind of thinking around tokens and learning about token projects. But at the same time, I think you always got to have fun, right? And, and having fun, I mean, I had the best fun in college. Definitely yeah. was not the best student, my <laughs> personal way. <laughs> I, I, I sucked at school. I did okay in community college. But when I transferred from community to like more of a, like a university in LA, um, I remember eating so much shit my first year. And I was like, oh, community college. I was like getting good grades. I was working a couple jobs. Like, doing fine and then i get to like this university i was like shit like i can't even can't even keep myself afloat uh and then i realized that after going through like hell my first semester at, like a mainstream university i'm like yeah. forget this like i've been locked in this study room forever and yeah i'm such like a, i'm more of like a communications front person you know i was like i need to get involved with clubs i need to get involved with interests like i know that's where the value is going to be not my grades and I'm glad I did because somehow I ended up working in crypto and I can't complain. Um, so, all right, let's let's talk more about uh, your upbringing. And the only reason I, I want to pivot to this topic, since we're still like in the in introduction phase of the mm -hmm. podcast, is because mm -hmm. you're doing something that's very media focused at GCR. It also has like a, a, an investment arm uh, and a couple other arms. But like, how was it like growing up in the Yang residence? Were were you like uh, a, a very like I guess extroverted type of person doing newsletters like and how does that translate to you know what i mean like how, how did like you grow up that kind of led you to where you are today yeah for sure so so there are many i think there were so many defining moments in my upbringing that kind of drove me the way i am today and and part of it was actually me growing up in china uh, i spent my first 10 years growing up in china and then kind of immigrated with my family to new york and um you know, I have kind of strong roots back in Asia and I kind of discovered and rediscovered it again when I was in crypto, uh, when when kind of crypto first surfaced with such a global presence initially, right? And uh, Global Coin Research actually was originally focusing on Asia and kind of building out communities between Asia and the US and kind of the Western hemisphere and connecting those two. So we would go out there and help projects such as Starkware or CryptoKitties or um, Tezos in identifying the right type of people to connect with on either side of the hemisphere and, um, and helping them build out communities locally in Asia. So, you know, countries in Singapore, countries in China, uh, Korea and Japan, and many of those other countries. So that's where I felt kind of really 
kind of rediscovering my roots back from Asia when I was kind mm -hmm. of first pursuing that for global queen research. And then over time, I realized that, you know, um, crypto is global, but at the same time, there are so many untapped opportunities in growing and identifying really high quality content that, you know, we global coin research originally was resonating with and was really kind of aligning ourselves with. And, and shortly after we kind of expanded our focus from Asia to kind of globally overall. Right. So, um, and, and that's actually very, um, kind of very much rooted in my experience back in finance, where I was actually writing a lot of research papers about crypto, not crypto, uh, there wasn't token, it's crypto back then, but there's, there's crypto now. Um, uh, I was writing a lot of research about software to software projects and software companies. So, you know, very technical projects and companies that were going through an IPO and, you know, doing their quarterly earnings. And I was writing a lot of research on those yeah. type of projects and companies. Um, and, and, and I shortly after that finance stint, I also spent some time as a TechCrunch journalist, as well as a, um, a reporter mm -hmm. for the information. So for those experiences, I learned a lot about reporting and actually kind of uncovering stories of projects, right? Um, and, and I think combining those things, um, so, you know, combining communities and connecting communities on top of um, really trying to uncover and share great content were the, like the two passions of mine. Yeah. I would say I'm probably better at one at probably community building than writing since given my immigrant background. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I, I do enjoy that kind of providing value and sharing and uncovering kind of the opaqueness of the crypto space to folks, right? Because even though we are a very interactive community, there is still a lot of kind of uh, information disconnect between different communities and different regions. And, and I always enjoy kind of uncovering that. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and, and so like what you said, Global Coin Research is a, uh, tokenized DAO for research and investment purposes. And our community is really worldwide and everyone joins in from Europe, from Asia, and they come in and learn about different projects and different and meet different founders of projects. We incubate projects and, and, and founding teams when they need help or get feedback for their products. Um, and it's been really fun. Um, I think that's really been able to kind of connect um, what we have what we used to do as global coin research and now kind of participating not only as a community but also as you know financially uh, if the project allows us to yeah i think something that's really cool about your background is you have the traditional journalism side and now you're trying to build like a disruptive model around that <clears throat> with crypto right and what are some of the biggest lessons you learned working and writing for TechCrunch and all these other publications that you're applying to GCR? Yeah, so I think some of the lessons I particularly learned about these centralized models of publishing, right? TechCrunch, my experience with there was I write a piece and I get paid. Uh, and there was an editor that was actually filtering my piece and helping me improve my piece. And I thought that those features are actually really great to have when it comes to someone having an editor um, helping and overlooking your product so that your piece actually becomes a really good product when it goes out to the world. And um, but but there's always this kind of centralized entity that tells you exactly what to write, right? Or like gives you an idea what you want to write. And then you kind of try to write about that, that appeals to them, for example. Um, and, and, and what I realized for Global Coin Research is that we want to be a model that's similar in product quality, but different in the way the writers in that the writers have control in what they write. Yeah. 
Global Coin Research now is a writing platform where uh, globalcoinresearch.com specifically is a writing platform that folks can go on there, write a piece about NFTs, crypto tokens, anything you really want. But as long as they're very high quality and research driven, we'll prove it. And we have an editorial team that will actually look through the pieces to make sure that you know all the grammatic gram- grammar is going uh, is is going smoothly, and also that you know the, the template and the format looks good, so that it appeals to every average type of consumer in, in crypto. Got it. crypto. And that was actually my next question. What does an editorial process look like for a decentralized media company? Right now, it's still for for a decentralized media company. I think there still needs to be some kind of centralized powers mm-hmm. where they have, you know, the editors. We don't have any like five fan, five eyes looking at, uh, you know, at, at this content. We're, we have just one editor looking at some content and another editor looking at the other content because we don't have that kind of structure built out yet. Be, um, the, the way we're thinking about global coin research as a decentralized institution or project itself is something, you know, first we want to generate uh, a, pl- a platform to allow in anybody to contribute content in a very high quality way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, by having that content layer, we'll be able to attract uh, folks who are uh, into this type of research, right? It's not everyone who's in- into long form written pieces that are about, you know, here's a deep guide on learning about NFTs, right? Sometimes people just like to chase the latest NFT and never think about it again. Um, so we wanna attract those type of people. And by in turn, by having this content layer, we're able to get them onto our content platform. And then eventually they may discover our Discord, which is the next layer of product. The Discord product itself is the community, right? The community. Is where we're actually doing these AMAs with founders, um, kind of incubating with projects directly on a weekly and daily basis um, in our Discord, and we're interfacing them through Zoom calls or Discord uh, channels, and and uh, and learning about them on a more deep level and providing our feedback. And in some cases, the founding team will let us invest in the upcoming rounds that they have. Cool. What what was the inspiration behind GCR? And as a follow-on, can you walk me through your your I guess your process from going from idea to where you are today? Yeah, I think for crypto, there's always an iterative process, right? Because you're always trying to figure out what does a community actually want. Uh, for us, we never started out as a a, a community, f- um, just like you know, with thousands of members on day one. It was first started as a newsletter where we were just sharing ideas and sharing information to the public about, you know, uh, originally about kind of Asia crypto and the communities that are happening out of there. And over time, we had garnered now at this point, 31,000 subscribers who are all very global, but are interested in learning about crypto before it was about Asia. But now it's really about, you know, anything that are um, the latest of the latest kind of uh, importance. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And so on top of you know and then we evolve from there from the newsletter we have uh the, the the writing platform and we also have these events that we're doing not only online but also in person so for example in the last three weeks we've done one physical event with axie infinity we did another physical event with yo Gil games and then now we're doing another physical event with axie infinity next week in la um so, you know, these are all different ways to kind of really engage with community. And I really enjoy that part specifically because, you know, seeing per- it's very ironic. I think 
someone said this before, and I think it's really funny because the crypto people love parties and getting together in physical events, which is super ironic. Um, it's amazing. By yeah. the way. It's like probably my favorite part is, okay, there's like two weeks of conferences and two weeks of traveling. You lose your mind and yeah. you have the best time meeting yeah. all these internet characters in person. And it just solidifies your entire relationship with all these anons, you know, and all these, yeah. these voices and like uh, fortune cookies online <laughs> that just tweet, but okay, continue. I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I love hanging out with great thoughtful people and that's kind of how our community is really formed as well. It's just people who really like thinking through things or talking about a project in an in-depth level. And, you know, and you form a community naturally around that. And, and in person, it becomes even more interesting because you have multiple voices all happening at the same time. Um, so, so totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so you guys do the events, you have the content arm, you have the investment arm. Can you talk to me more about the investment arm? So I know you you basically do like these events and whatnot for these communities and these founders. And is that something that the community participates in as an investment and then gets like carry through the social token or how does that work? Yeah. So for folks who are not familiar with our investment arm, um, essentially GCR is a community that invests together. So what that means is whenever we do a call, an investment call with a founder, you'll have about 10 to 20 people showing up from our community actually at the diligence call level. And then after the call, we have team members who are actually sharing notes about their takeaways from the call and their feedback on the founders. Um, from there, um, any member actually who have, you know, have access to the investment kind of uh, uh, products, you know, you need a certain number of tokens to get to that threshold. But once any member who joins um, our membership at that level, they're able to participate and put in a check. Um, and the way we're thinking about it here is that, you know, uh, crypto really democratizes a lot of things. It has, you know, and I think, you know, uh, allows individuals to participate in multiple networks, but it should also allow individuals to, especially, I mean, accredited specifically, right? Accredited individuals yeah. to participate in, in, in fundraisers because, you know, these are the type of individuals that these projects are looking for to be part of the community in the first place. So what we think about ourselves, how we think about ourselves is actually we're lending ourselves effectively a quality audience for them to raise from initially and to bootstrap a community, similarly to actually how the YGG model works. Mm -hmm. So for folks who are not familiar with Yogyo Games, they have army of players, you know, game players from the Philippines and elsewhere in many other countries. And, and, and they really help bootstrap many of the kind of Axie Infinity uh, game playing activity in early days because there was so much demand from those uh, communities. And the way we're thinking about it here is that for our community that's very research driven and very thoughtful, who asks really great questions, anyone would like to have them uh, in their early community as a member because you would like those type of community members to be participating in your network and giving you feedback and iterating on your product. Um, so so uh, long story short, we we allow anyone to invest with us as long as you're accredited and you, of course, acknowledge the risks that you, when you're investing yeah. into crypto tokens, of course. And then uh, we actually just most recently, uh, yesterday, announced a partnership with Syndicate DAO, where we're bringing all of our deals investing into Syndicate DAO, um, the, the Syndicate protocol specifically, and uh, members can, you know, pull capital together and invest together. We generally take a carry of some sort um, as kind of the liaison and the platform that kind of bridges the communities. 
but at the same time, uh, we are actually in the in the process of figuring out how to return or how to um, share that carry with our members, the token yeah. holders specifically. You know, one thing that you brought up that's super controversial in uh, in crypto is the element of being an accredited investor and what you're legally allowed to invest in and what you're not legally allowed to invest in based mm -hmm. off your your net worth, right? And how much you have liquid and whatnot. So from what I understand, uh, accreditation laws is you basically have to have at least a million dollars liquid in the bank uh, to be qualified as an accredited, accredited investor. They can't be locked up in assets or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And part of like the argument behind crypto and, and money flowing at the speed of information is being able to invest and connect your wallet and buy into anything, creator, open crowdfund, whatever it may be, as quick as possible and as easy as possible. But you're coming from the point of view of the accreditation is more important, right? And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's an important topic because you you, you specifically mentioned that. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like crypto investment, uh, I guess, deal flow and venture investing should be strictly for accredited investors or... You think because crypto is so open, transparent, you know, borderless, allows anybody to throw money at anything at any time. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think uh, crypto is very natively kind of connected with financially participating in a network. And I, I think it's often very appealing and tempting when someone reads on Twitter, you know, I made you know, a million dollars and I started from 10K or $1,000 and, you know, this is, here's my story and here's how I did it. And everyone seems like they could do that, but it's actually not true, right? There's at one side of the table, there's someone who's winning and the other side, there's someone losing, but no one ever talks about how much money they lose. Um, so, so what I caution folks when they're actually participating in these different kinds of uh, investing activities is that, you know, do know the risks because there are a lot of, um, the space is still very early and there are still a lot of unknowns, right? Um, for example, what happened with, this is probably a pretty extreme example, but I'm not sure if you've been following the China Evergrande and the real estate property. Um, a little bit, a little bit, but talk um, about that. Yeah. So actually it's not even about that. It's about um, stepping back a little bit in the mm -hmm. most recent few months, China has been putting a lot of bans and limitations on the tech conglomerates. So for example, you can only play an hour or two game games per day uh, on a gaming platform if you're under 18 and they will monitor that. Right. So, and then in addition to that, they've been actually uh, turning all these for-profit, um, uh, for-profit uh, tutoring, set, uh, tutoring, companies that are actually, you know, in the billions of dollars from market cap companies. And they're telling them that they have to be a nonprofit now. Right. So like imagine in a single day, how much of those market cap gets lost because you basically have to turn your business model upside down to become a nonprofit. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, these things happen. And, you know, I think, it, I think it's not to say that, you know, it will happen to us in the U S where regulators come in and actually put a strict ban because I think uh, Gary, from the SEC, who's the head of SEC, um, Gensler is very friendly to crypto, but at the same time, there are definitely risks, right? There's unknown risks and there are known risks, and there's many of those for each category. Um, so going back to what we're talking about, accredited investors, I think when it comes to, um, for us, we definitely want to make sure that the investors and the individuals in our network and the community are protected or, you mm -hmm. know, 
acknowledging the risks that they're taking when they're participating in these deals. And I yeah. think, you know, uh, there are many other outlets that you could do to participate in NFT drops that you could and, and continue to do that. And we talk about them in the community, but we don't participate in those. Yeah. Oh, not yet, at least, you know, yeah. I think, you know, we definitely want to make sure that everyone understands what they're getting into, though, whenever they're getting into yeah. something. So how big is the GCR community today? So we have about 1500 Discord communities. We have 31,000 news and other subscribers. We have done events uh, with over 2000 people physically and, mm -hmm. and real and kind of virtually uh, cumulatively. Um, so, so take all those numbers, you know, uh, 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 kind of um, whichever way you want to, but I think the, the way to think about uh, the communities for us is, you know, how often are these members are coming back? How sure. much are they posting on the Discord? Sure. Uh, what's the retention rate like? And for us, actually, it's pretty interesting for the GCR token. You need to hold GCR token to participate in a deal, right, for example. And if anyone participates in a deal with us, they actually would almost never sell their tokens after that because there are these kind of retention factors that they need to consider, which is that they need to follow up with the deal. There mm. needs to be ongoing processes with the deal. So it will take almost like two, three years to be able, actually be able to, wow. to give up your token too, because the cost of it is just um, of, of kind of giving up the token versus how much of giving up your investment essentially is, is, yeah. is, is very high. That's right. pretty cool. That's a, that's a unique way to kind of incentivize utility and retention. What other things have you seen work for you guys or for others in terms of basically encouraging people to hodl? Like what, what else has worked for you? I think having a really great community to vibe with and uh, having that intimate feel, even while you're growing is very important for us. Mm -hmm. So doing more, you know, segmenting our members into new members versus old members. And what does the new members want? For example, introduction to GCR and what they could do on GCR. So segregating all these different types of products and members into, you know, their needs um, so that they feel more intimate. You know, they have a class that they're entering with, for example, when they're first kind of joining GCR and they know some of the new people that join with them and they can all ask like, similar questions and have that feel is very important to me. Um, um, and then we're going through that, right? So it's an ongoing growing pain and management and kind of lots of discord kind of acrobatics that you have to do to manage the discord communities. Um, but I think, uh, it's, it's, it's very fun, right? It's, it's like, there's lots of new energy and that's always really nice to see. Yeah. I think it's such a cool factor that you guys have the investment arm because you're right. If I were to invest with a community, I'd be more incentivized to hold that token because like I have so much skin in the game now beyond just me purchasing that initial asset, right? There's like yeah. layers to it now. So yeah, yeah, I really like that. I want to talk to you more about, um, I guess, token gated content. Okay. And I tweeted this a while back um, and I remember coming across, I think it was Fortune or the New York Times. I think it was a New York Times where I wanted to read an article. There was a paywall. I couldn't read the article. I could only read it if I subscribed with a dollar for like three months. And I went up, clicked the exit on the tab and never saw that article again. And it's only a dollar. Like I drop hundreds to thousands of dollars every week on, on crypto shit. What's a dollar? And part of me was like thinking and reflecting on that. I was like, why am I not down to pay a dollar, but down to buy a thousand dollars worth of GCR, right? Like why, why am I more incentivized to do that? And what does that mean for the greater creator economy as a whole? Do you think about that? 
And yeah, what, I do. What, so what do you feel about that? Like share with me your thoughts. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I think, you know, it's a great parallel to that. Oh, maybe just a parallel. It's not so, so great. Um, <laughs> is, 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 you know, when you're trying to like pay $6,000 for a friends with benefits membership and then Soho house only costs $2,000. You're like, Oh my God, Soho house is so expensive. Yeah. And you like have physical venues you can hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, all I get is a discord chat and some like yeah. random parties at random conferences. Right. You know? <laughs> it's just random parties. It's like, this. So, so yeah, I totally agree with you. It's, it's, it's very, it, the community part is surprisingly sticky, right? Because you know someone else is part of it and you want to be part of it because they're part of it because they bring you joy. Um, so I think that's very much underappreciated and, and under, you know, it's kind of the secret sauce to great build, building great communities, right? Because you want to encourage that member and to bring in their friends, right? So what we're doing now, actually doing, we are doing a birthday, a GCR six month birthday campaign because we just issued our token six months ago and we wanted to celebrate. And um, we've been encouraging members to gift their friends memberships, right? So for every time a member comes and joins our calls, either that's an AMA or with a founder or incubation call to learn more about a project, um, our members are able to earn free memberships mm. and they could give that to other people and i think that's really a way to kind of for us to grow right and, and we want to grow very thoughtfully and we're not trying to grow like very quickly the yeah. idea is to you know have someone join learn about us and everything that we're doing because we do a lot of stuff but also kind of partake in either doing investing with us or doing um kind of participating in these calls or leading these calls um eventually we want members to be driving and actually um sourcing these calls, right? Because the idea is that it will be, we want to be decentralized on the content layer by having members contribute content. We want to be decentralized on the events layer where members are creating their own content, creating their own events, and we give them a pool of capital for them to run it. Um, and then for deal sourcing as well, actually, this is something that we're working on right yeah. now where members are actually able to source deals for the community and we give them part of the carry. And I think they deserve it, right? And that's that's what they, they should yeah. do. And, and, and that's what I think will be fair and be really encouraging for our members to kind of participate. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's, there's, there's layers again, there's layers to GCR that there aren't, for example, to the New York times, but it still, <laughs> it still brings me back to my, my, my first question, like, why am I more down to spend a thousand dollars on GCR and I'm getting access to content, gated content that I otherwise, that otherwise would have been behind like a subscription paywall versus paying a dollar to $5 for the year. Sometimes like I remember the wall street journal had pay $1 for the entire year and get access to the Wall Street Journal end to end. Right. And it gets me thinking like the reason I like for me personally, like I know I'll be growing with GCR and by no means is this financial advice, right? I, I made my <laughs> first purchase into GCR what last week. Okay. And, and I'm planning to hold and I want to get myself involved in the community, but again, not financial advice, just like just observations here. Okay. But then I don't even want to spend a dime on the New York Times. Like, I don't know why I'm more obligated and it feels more right to pay for crypto gated content versus TradFi or normal business content. You know what I mean? And it's something that I spend time thinking about because imagine if the New York Times were to launch the NYT token, you know, and instead of having everybody pay a, a dollar, and they're trying to suck a dollar, $1 from someone for, for three months of access. 
I wonder what the conversion would be if they would buy, if they do so in a way where they can buy like $100 worth of their tokens. Now there's a pool of liquidity and that's like what, 100 years or something? <laughs> you know, like such a longer subscription rate and, and turnover than it otherwise been with a, with a standard credit card subscription model. And obviously there's pros and cons. Crypto is not there yet to really abide to the masses to actually implement something like this. Like I get it, but still, why am I more obligated to buy a much larger and a thousand X more position in a different media company than paying a dollar for the New York times? It's a rhetorical question. I'm throwing it out there. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah and for yeah. anybody that's listening and that is, is feeling the same thing, like hit me up, tweet at me, hit up GCR. I, I want to know. Um, but do you have any other comments to end on that? I was just wondering whether your denominator isn't, you denominated in ETH. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably I, I did not. It's point one ETH. No problem. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Uh, Connect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But partially, I think also, you know, um, for example, when you bought GCR and how, how, and you know, just a week later, we have tokens up 50%, right? It was, um, it was actually six, $630. It wasn't a complete like thousand, but it grew to over a thousand. Okay. Oh, sweet, sweet. Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome to see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think part of what we asked for is you holding, holding the token and contributing by holding the token and actually not spending it, right? Um, I think at some point we wanted to have content be a, there's different segments of content where you, for certain types of content, you could read by holding a token, a GCR token. Um, but there's some other really, really high quality content that you can only read by spending the, the value of the token and actually and paying the writers directly. So that's the eventual goal for the global coin research writing platform, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think what we value right now is hodling. And, and, and I think by hodling, members are able to enjoy the kind of the the rise in or the recognition of our value over time. Um, and I think that's something that we want to make sure that they feel, you know, um, awarded, awarded to. Yeah. It's almost as if, uh, so I use HubSpot as my CRM mm -hmm. and across like adamlevy.io and it's almost as if if I and HubSpot is a public company on the stock market. It's like as if I were to buy some shares of HubSpot stock and I'd be forced to hold and I can only access their CRM, not based off like a, a monthly tiered subscription model, but rather based off how many like stocks or how many uh, uh, shares I own. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that model is just so much more enticing for me. And in terms of all types of content access, like I'd rather spend $30 on a creator's content and hold that, get exclusive content to them and their community and grow with them, you know, as they, as they develop themselves, then I don't know, pay $15 to their subify per yeah. month as a subscription yeah. rate, you know? Yeah. And then with that, like, I remember FWB did that. And then it was like 66 FWB to get or 60 FWB. And then a month, like two months after I joined, it was like three months, it was like 77. And I don't know if they're going to continue like increasing it, but yeah. Anyway, something to think about. Uh, yeah. To ponder over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do want to caveat though that yeah, us and FWB along with like Fortifun and many other social token kind of DAOs, we definitely don't want to be financially tied to our token or we're just membership tokens. At least for GCR, we're a membership yeah. token, and so is FWB. Right, we're mem membership tokens. Where by accessing holding this token, you get access to membership. Mm -hmm. We may have treasury. We may have a treasury that's very robust, filled with NFTs, or you know, our for example, our carry that we may return to the treasury, but it's not financially tied to the token. It's not, the, the token holder does not have claim to the treasury, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's kind of pivot more into, I guess, a little bit more into um, what is the future of, of media in crypto look like for you? How do you think about that? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think you should definitely ask the Defiant and Decrypt because they're all looking to issue tokens at this point or start becoming a DAO, right? Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this is Alpha Leak, but here it is. For no, everyone. I mean, uh, we, we see like on the Decrypt app, like they have their points and rewards and is they i mean those are tokens essentially you know for consuming the content i feel like sooner or later the defiant is going to do something like that i feel like coindesk and, and coin telegraph they're going to explore that with membership tiers of like exclusive content um yeah how do you think about that being literally one of the first people to do it yeah i think it's the right way to go honestly so to be fair the, the media space has always been kind of the laggards in technology adoption right you know if you look at traditional media from print to online, it's not really much, like the experience hasn't really changed much, right? And you're just kind of um, reading the content in a different form, uh, different form. Um, and and I think, you know, when I was running Global Coin Research initially for the first few years, we actually didn't think about tokens at all because we we're like, we don't want to be one of those projects that just issue token for no reason. Right. right. And so we really wanted to bring utility and actually usage to the token. You know, now it has governance uh, applications. Now it has membership applications. And and that's when I felt like it actually was, you know, making sense for us to have a token. Mm -hmm. So I think for media companies, you really have to be thinking about, you know, are we, am I going to use the token just to replace a traditional wall on paywall? Because th in that sense, it's like it's like the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and the way we're thinking about crypto, you know, crypto content and global coin research is a network, right? Because uh, traditionally, for example, we have these investors and consumers who were readers of TechCrunch, for example, and these folks were just reading and they're paying uh, potentially like a subscription for, for, for reading the content. But the way we're thinking about it is that by, um, uh, by, by having these investors now in the crypto space actually holding the token to be able to participate in our network and participate in our kind of deal flow they are indirectly supporting the price of the token and this is the token that we also kind of reward yeah. our writers to right so there's a direct value transfer in terms of kind of um the investors and the consumers of the content actually directly supporting the, the token itself and that goes back to the writers yeah. um so that's how we thought about it because we think that you know um, crypto networks are financially tied uh, to to the members in the community, and th that is one model that we can apply for. Um, but you know, I love to see how more DAOs and you know, like the Bankless. So, like for example, Bankless is interesting because they separate their DAO from their content side, yeah. and I think there's, I think that's one way to do it, and there's our way of doing it, which is connecting those two connect together. Um, so we'll see. There's definitely, I think there'll be a lot of innovations on the side. Yeah. One story I want to bring up, an example is Fortune Magazine and the, the People Pleaser drop that they did, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, they did a one of one. And I think also a few other ones in that collection, you know, and that's yep. like their start to issuing tokenized assets. They could technically build a community around, right? It might be a niche community, but it's a start to people and in, in your readers collecting those assets, right? When do you think we'll start seeing one of the more mainstream brands like Forbes, like CNN, like Fox, uh, like Bloomberg, et cetera, et cetera, issuing assets, whether they be a token, whether they be a membership badge 
or pass as an NFT, uh, and then building communities and creating exclusive content around that. How far away are we from that? I think I, we could definitely imagine NFTs being dropped by these publications very soon, but it may be more experimental. And, and with that, in my opinion, because it is really hard to kind of really move a whole, you know, thousand person company towards that direction in a very short period of time. And one year is pretty short for these companies. Um, so, I mean, I think there's always going to be innovation arms and that are all looking at crypto now, but yeah. the question is how much are they going to be um, pushing the entire company or disrupting their own existing model that they have current day, right? Um, that will probably be at least 50, five years, not 50 years. I think five years probably would be good enough. Um, but yeah, maybe I think, you know, global coin research may become the, a more mainstream model. And I love more projects to do what we do because um, we want to be supportive. The token itself is there to support the writers. The token is there to kind of maintain and, and bear and like, create a high quality community. And I think this is what many of the writing publications will want, right? Yeah, yeah. One thing that I like that you guys do is, so you guys are based on WordPress and your entire funnel for creating an account and then wanting to contribute is very, it's very like, it just makes sense, right? That whole entire onboard process. And I like your, your open-mindedness and the community's approach to basically letting anybody contribute that's in the community, right? Have you ever encountered points where you're like, sorry, this isn't the right fit for GCR, um, try something else or... Is it because it's like community led, you have to, you just have to say, okay, because they're in the community, because they're vested, uh, we have to let them publish? Or how do you think about that? We look for quality first and primary, or like foremost. So for example, for content, if a member is a part of the part of the community, but their content is not great, we still have to say no, right? Because yeah. I think content is what ultimately attracts the eye first, because, you know, uh, having a community is an experience and, um, having this like initial kind of marketing if you think about it that way as a as a marketing um, um, interface is something that's super important for us and I think just that will benefit the community member overall because they will attract the right type of people into the community um, so so you know th this is something I think you know we're seeing friends with benefits coming out with their editorial arm for example right and they're starting out to kind of have that because I think every community needs a good voice but that voice needs to represent the community so if yeah. that voice doesn't fit us then it doesn't work yeah. for us it's just our bar is just very great great research great deep dives great guides into helping people understand crypto um and, and we're still you know just purely focused on web3 and nfts and then crypto and, and that, that that's 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 it but that's, that's yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure uh, i want to talk about more like behind the employment side of uh, incentivizing writers to contribute. Um, what is that like? What does that structure look like? So me, let's say I'm a writer. Okay, I put I produce content on AdamLevy.io. I want to start contributing to other communities like GCR, FWB, Forefront, whatever. So I come in, I create an account, I I get myself set up with with WordPress, right? Uh, I write an article, I draft it, I share it with the editorial team. They review it for grammar and see if it's the right tone, the right vibe, the right fit for GCR. And based off that, they publish. I already am like financially uh, uh, motivated to contribute because I have the tokens, right? What happens beyond that once I publish and I become a frequent publisher? Is there more incentivization? I only ask that because I want this to be like a learning lesson for creators that are trying to build their communities. How should they be thinking about employment? How should they be thinking about pay? 
What does that look like uh, from GCR's point of view? Yeah, that, that's an awesome question. I think just to kind of finish up that process uh, that you described after someone gets uh, accepted for their content, they immediately earn the tokens in their wallet. Cool. So they could actually, um, there's a dashboard that shows how much tokens they learned and they could withdraw from the globalcoinresearch.com website into their actual wallet of the, the amount of tokens they earned. Cool. So so that's that's the process that we have set up now. And I think it's pretty uh, kind of um, um, seamless in, in terms of experience. Um, and I think for writers, the way we're thinking about kind of employment, I think the whole point of having global coin research as kind of an open platform is that you can write at any cadence you want and you'll get paid for it if you have really good content. And, you know, if you compare that with existing solutions out there like Medium or um, Substack, for Substack, you have to be recurrently writing and you have to build an audience yourself before actually um, having someone to pay attention right. to you or discover you. And then maybe potentially you maybe are like have you could have a paid subscription if you're lucky and, and consistently right um for us the way we're th we've been presenting it to writers and i think this is a kind of a good appeal that's been working well is that we have this audience of readers who are coming to our website and people who are in our community and we also have a thirty-one thousand people subscriber newsletter where there are a number of people from wall street journal new york times uh um unchained uh, as well as crypto investors and crypto, you know, influencers such as Pump or or Linda Shea from Scalar or uh, Coin uh, Brian Armstrong from Coinbase, who are actually uh -huh. opening opening these emails and seeing your content, right? So we give you a direct audience just by you know having your content on our website, right? Um, and, and I think that that's really hard to build for any kind of up and coming individual. Um, and and on on top of that we want to provide this flexibility whenever anyone feels like writing they could write they'll get approved within a few days and then they get earn gcr tokens immediately and they can sell those tokens if they want to pay their bills um so so over time when those writers write recurrently we love to invite them to become an editor and i think that's something that we love to you know because they understand our voice and they understand our style cool. and, and um, yeah so that was the point I was getting at. So you contribute, you get paid in tokens, you can cash out, pay your bills, buy your milk, make your eggs, literally live life contributing to GCR, right? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. How do you prevent it reaching the extreme side of that? So meaning you have a lot of contributors, people want to people love your model, they want to they want to create content, grow GCR. They're already financially staked and they want to earn a paycheck essentially. Could they do it full time? Yeah, I think so. Especially if they, you know, we have with their content skill set, it's very much sought out, I think, in crypto, right? We have amazing person called Antonio who's doing our newsletter and he had experience in marketing and content marketing. And that's super sought out, I think, in crypto, especially mm -hmm. when you try to break down complex ideas for individuals and people sometimes who may not be familiar with crypto. So for these individuals, we often want to offer them more responsibilities and roles and have them more uh, you know, involved, not only just become a writer, but also help global coin research, help these projects that we're actually incubating and and directly investing in. Because you know, we, we actually do have a portfolio success arm now yeah. in, in, in the community because the idea is that we want to, when we're investing with a project, we want to be with them for the rest of their lives, right? Because not only are we supporting you when you're fundraising financially, we're helping you with content, we're helping you with our strategy. We're helping you with having an audience in global coin research, but also beyond with our partners 
whom we kind of interact with or do events with. And, and we want to continue to surface you to the right people uh, and, and, a, and a high quality audience by, by that means. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I'm so excited to see more, more creators, more communities approach this model and building incentives and, and paying people and literally creating their own microeconomy using their token, right? And doing so where people can ditch or maybe not completely ditch, but work across multiple organizations, whether they be also media or finance that all live on the internet, that all operate on chain, that all have crypto assets that allow for the foundation to get paid, to contribute and see your, your stuff come to life in a cryptographic manner, you know? And a lot of people are kind of asking like, how can I jump into crypto? How can I jump into DAOs? Where can I contribute? Just like, I have these skills and I think people like you are kind of like designing these systems to make it applicable, to make it happen. If somebody wanted to go and start a DAO right now, wanted to start a decentralized community, what are some tips you would give them? Yeah, this is an awesome, awesome question. And and honestly, I want to give a shout out first to our like contributors and core contributors in global coin research, like Arthur, Antonio, uh, Carol, Leanne, Dan, these guys shout literally out. make, <laughs> yes, yes, they're, they're amazing. Like anyone who gets them in their communities is going to be so lucky. And I feel so lucky just to having met them from building global coin research. And every day actually seems so much fun. And those guys seems like they enjoy it as well which is what makes it really important for like building communities off from the beginning. And I think that's actually a very key point, which is find friends that you actually jive with, that you want to build a community of the type of people that you like um, and that you jive with and continue to do so until you, you know, grow from two people to five people and then go yeah. from five to 12 uh, or 20. Right. So, so I think that's actually the, 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 just like how people build products where you start with MVP and you find the initial few customers that are really, really happy with your product. I think this is how community building is also the same way. You find a few people that really, really like your product and you just keep giving them the same things that they love, they love, and they'll just stick with you forever. Yeah. And this is not just about employees. This is just about like members in general. Right, right, right. Yeah. right for sure. I think I, I like that, like building a community MVP versus like a product MVP. And what does that look like at the get-go? I like that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start yeah. using that in, in the interviews. What does a community MVP look like and how do you build that? I'm I love adding it. that to one of my questions. Yeah, Inspired by Joyce Yang. I love it. Okay. Uh, I want to I pivot to, to more of like fun personal questions that because we only have so much time left. Okay. So I'm in your Discord right now. I'm, I'm a member in the Discord. I own the tokens. I've connected my wallet. I've done all that stuff. There's a ton of different channels. If there's one channel that you'd have to choose from, you'd be required to forever live in. Which one would it be and why? Oh, it would be our birthday audio channel. We <laughs> had a, such a blast with our birth, birthday event. So actually funny story, yesterday we had our birthday like launch, you know, birthday. Nice. Okay, tell me about launch. that, yeah. Oh yeah, it was so fun. So we had over, we had about 108 people join for, for like a one hour event. Uh, and the event is consists of kind of us recapping what's happened for GCR in the last six months because it's our birthday. So we want to share it kind of and thank, be thankful for the community. And then we also invited Ian, the founder of Syndicate Protocol, Genio, hmm. CEO of Coinvice, as well as Peter Pan from 1KX, who's, nice. you know, the, the, the awesome community builder who, you know, we all want. Um, and, 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 and a funny story is in the, in the, near the end when Peter Pan was talking, uh, there's there i didn't realize this but someone told me afterwards which is that because of my phone my audio was like 
was was muted for some reason from other members who were talking, but uh, but there was like a peeing sound coming from um, the audience. So 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 there was a series of peeing sounds, and then also a series of like flushing sounds, and then like that interrupted Peter like in a very awkward way, and he was just like, mm, I can't keep talking. <laughs> I just stop right now. <laughs> Is that so, is that was that on his end or was that on somebody else's end? No, it was someone else's end. It was someone else's oh. end, and I think it was just like accidentally on, on muting. Oh, um, that's funny. But now we have been referring to that call as you know the the, the great kickoff to our birthday event. So I was gonna say, what a great way! First of all, happy birthday, happy belated birthday. Um, Yay, six months of starting a crypto community feels like six years i feel like yes it does uh, especially when all these other communities are are forming and manifesting and launching and everybody's doing their own thing so cheers to you second thing i want to ask you six months starting and growing and building a decentralized community around media uh what are some things you wish you you knew before starting that you kind of know now yeah i think the first thing actually when you said media is something that i wish we kind of focused less of so so okay. meaning i wish we actually were community first media second and now we are community first media second platform before we were media first and i think media does not stick enough community sticks mm -hmm. right so that's something i i i i i i think i we learned over time and it's like a transition for us um and uh yeah and and, and then i think constantly awarding your members for participation is something that I'm starting to learn more of and become more proactive for because, for example, now we have these AMA calls with founders uh, and learning about their projects and we have over 30 members who are joining at any given event, right? This Pretty cool. Events like twice a day and there wow. are so many members joining, right? And, and it's like, and all you needed to do was give them some incentive. And for one, we started dropping these uh, free memberships to to these members, um, you know, we randomly lottery uh, uh, from them from the participants, and we give one person a free membership, and that really got them excited. You know, I think just becoming more incentivized driven, and you know, while giving them great things, will really amplify the effects that you're looking for. Yeah, that's a good that's a good takeaway. All right, bouncing back to personal questions. Okay, um, if you were a ghost in the metaverse, who, what, where would you haunt? That's <laughs> you're like what? Yeah, like what? <laughs> I feel like I didn't do enough homework to prepare for this question. No, it's a it's a more of a creative question. <laughs> if I were a ghost in the metaverse, where would I in a metaverse? Who would you hunt? What would you hunt? Or where would what, you? What, hunt? what do you mean by hunting? Haunt, haunt, like boot, haunt. like scare. Oh, yeah, not hunt, not kill. No. Oh, okay. I okay. gotta emphasize haunt, like creep <laughs> up. You know, like. <laughs> so you could start where? Where would you haunt? Right. So like I've... a Discord server could be a haunt, and it can't be GCR. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people say like Decentraland. People say the Treeverse. People say FWB. I don't know. It's up to you to decide who. Or where would you hunt? Hunt, hunt? hunt. But when you're haunting them, does that mean you're scaring them, or are you? No, like, it's just as like a, a, as a fun thing to do. It's just like a frequent, like boo, or like knock a fork off the counter kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I really need to know. Um, like it, as a as a joke, if they want me to ask, ask me to like where I want to troll and hang out with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get treated like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it would be probably the Axie Infinity team. There you um, go. Because yeah, yeah we hosted uh, we co-hosted an event with Axie folks, uh, Jiho, the co-founder mm -hmm. of Growth, and um, and he and the community was just like crazy and, and exciting and. You know, we had some really early members from the Axie Infinity team at the event. It was like an event in, you know, Koreantown, New York. So a very standard event, but the vibe was just so different. It's like even crazier than any crypto party you went to because there's so much passion. And Jiho is literally like, like people call him father and dad in, you know, in the Axie Infinity community because he's like the God figure that, that people look up to and, you know, and, and kind of communicating the message yeah. of, of 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 the of the of the Axie Infinity uh, founding team, but you know, and his emphasis has always been just like, even despite the size that we're at, and you know now they're at like you know they were just announced to have you know raised the valuation of three billion, right by ACNZ in the last round, Crazy. and they're like we're still going to be driven by community. Whatever we want to build, we're we're going to listen to you guys and hear what you would have to say. Yeah, you know. And that is just like super astounding because that's something that's a model you've never seen before at that scale. Yeah, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so haunt the Axie Infinity team or in the, <laughs> in the Axie. <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. and hanging haunt and become a ghost as a, as an Axie. I think that'd be pretty cool. An Axie ghost. Okay, cool. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. Final question. Okay, and this is a question that I ask everybody. Okay, so I'm a big fan of the development of the internet particularly speaking about web one, web two, and now web three. And web one was very much read only. It was very static. Web two introduced social networks, introduced SaaS models, introduced gates, right? Data manipulation. Um, networks knew more about users and users knew about themselves. And now we're getting into this phase of web three, where people are no longer the products of the platform versus co-owners of the platform, right? Ownership online, um, pseudo-anonymity, keyword after keyword after keyword, okay? And what's interesting is Web 2 ate Web 1, and Web 3 is supposedly eating Web 2. What will eat Web 3? Mm, yeah, this is... Do you usually just ask someone this question and like and go just, silent? And I just shut up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to capture the reaction. They're like, what? Yeah, How am I going to predict gift, this? Like, oh. <laughs> and oh and look, God. and then I follow up with this. I'm like, you can take it from the point of view of like what your current experiences of seeing what media, what reporting, what journalism was like in Web 2 and how that kind of fits into Web 3. Mm -hmm. What would be the downfall of that, right? Or what would take over it? Or would take it over? Excuse me. Take a minute. We got time. <laughs> You've been very patient with me, Adam. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you have to ask someone who's like a third of my age. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even that old. But the question is, it's more like, you know, what do they want? And if you know what they want, then you could. You, then you know exactly what's going to come. Mm, okay. So yeah. let, let's talk about from uh, community content creation, community investment, okay? What do they want? 
I think for content creation, it's about having the right tools in hand to have and 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 kind of have an audience, right? And and we're seeing that with Web3 with really successful substacks that are forming, right? So so uh, what we're trying to do is um with GCR is something that we want to empower the writers continuously on a financial level on top of them giving a voice and a platform. But I think that's gonna continue to iterate and emphasize on the writers and continue to bring value to the writers. But in terms of actual how that looks like, I will probably wouldn't know at this point. Um, I think maybe in a year or two, you could actually come back to us and then we'll probably come up with something new as well um, because mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're trying to constantly reinvent mm -hmm. the wheel here. Um, yeah, and then for investing, you know, I think it's always about making sure that it's never just about the big funds, right? And we're mm -hmm. seeing that in crypto already. It's about the communities. It's about the DAOs. It's about, you know, the individual angel investors, actually, more so than many of the funds and, you know, what value they bring, which actually often could be less than the angels themselves. Yeah, so, I guess, I guess now that I think about it, that was like from the point of view, what will eat GCR? And that's not the intention. Rather, what what's the intention of like when everything is on chain? Right. When we get to the extreme side of Web3 and data is on chain, all transactions are on chain, identities are on chain. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the extreme side of that? Right. What is like, because, because like anything extreme, anything too extreme of anything is bad. That's my mm -hmm. opinion. Okay. Mm -hmm. Others may argue differently, but I, that's what I believe. Okay. Do you feel the same? Anything extreme of one end to the spectrum is just like too much. There needs to be balance. I mean, I think we're always in the transition phase. It's never going to mm -hmm. be extreme in reality, but yeah, I I, okay. I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I don't imagine our world to be, you know, everyone to be all on blockchain, for example. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're like swinging. We're, we're swinging from like centralized to decentralized. And right now we're like shifting towards decentralized, 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 everything on chain, community owned everything. Everybody has a co-share, co-voice, co-everything into everything that they do through crypto assets. What does that like middle look like? You think middle of the, of the pendulum? Centralized and decentralized like together. I mean, what? That, that's yeah. it. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I feel like you have something in mind. You want no, to say. I, I honestly don't. I genuinely don't. I'm just curious to hear how you, how like your point of view on the space about this, because I think you bring such interesting insight, developing the community that you built, the amount of excitement that you have in your Discord, the unique individuals that contribute to GCR. You know, you're seeing these decentralized, you have purview into something that many, many, many people don't. One, because you're living it. One, because you contribute to it outside of GCR and you're just another, you're, you're a voice in the space, right? So I think I'm hitting you with that question because you have so much purview, because you have so much experience on the decentralized route. What do you think could be the other side? And we can end there, you know, this is more meant to be like a, 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 a robust question where we just bounce ideas back and forth, you know? That's all yeah. it's intended to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I think that's a really valid point and I appreciate all those nice, nice things you yeah. say about me. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I think, actually think one of the problems with crypto now is that as, as we have more people joining the space, there are, you know, these centralized kind of clicks that are forming mm -hmm. naturally without people actually with, even with a decentralized model, right? For example, mm -hmm. uh, friends with benefits, I think they are, just by having a high price point, they're blocking out and preventing many members who, you know, otherwise could be great contributors to join, right? It's like mm -hmm. artists are not rich by default. Think about it that way, right? If you are really vibrant in a community, 
how do you actually, I mean, they give scholarships in source, but at the same time, it's like that price point. It's like, you're really creating a new Soho house and there's nothing different about it. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I think this is something that us as creators in the decentralized world need to think about is that, are you actually just recreating a new paradigm of the same existing social norms? Because mm. that's actually not like, that's cool, but you know, it could be cooler. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, FWB is not cool. They're right. cool. They're very right. cool, right? They're super cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm a holder of FWB. So they're, they're cool. I love them. They've generated yeah. a lot yeah. of value for me, not financial advice, but yes. And by the way, that's a new take. That's a take that nobody has said on the podcast before. Um, so I like that. I love that. Uh, Joyce, before I let you go, anything you want to end off with? Uh, and that can also include you plugging yourself, plugging GCR, plugging the site, all that. Anything you want to end off with? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Adam. I mean, I think if this podcast comes out before October 25th, then we have our daily events all going on in Global Coin Research uh, in our Discord so that you could check out and actually be able to you know, be lotteried for a free membership or free GCR tokens. And cool. it's really fun to be actually just hanging out with smart people in there. So I hope people could join us. And uh, honestly, just have uh, lots of fun. And I think, you know, pursuing that fun while building something nice is like the ultimate dream for any creator in the space. I, I think that's, that's you got to keep doing it that and just fulfilling yourself and, and then we're good. Yes. And last but not least, where can we find you personally online? You can follow me at Joyce in NYC at Twitter. Cool. Thank yep. you so much, Joyce. It was a pleasure. Shout out to the GCR community. Shout out to all the contributors that you that you shouted out um and thank you so much i hope to have you again soon thank you adam